buddy. Wow, man. The fate of a child. Man. I think I'm done. <laughs> uh, man, it's good to be here. It's, uh, we're a little late because we're location number 12, but we finally got our heads screwed on correctly, and we're so grateful. Uh, very, disturbingly grateful <laughs> is the way to put it, because you guys uh, and friends all over the country spearheaded by your pastor said, what are you waiting on? Let's get this going. And uh, we've had a tremendous year. We're not running ten or 20,000 yet. Uh, not even a 1,000 yet. But uh, I told our church in August, I said, I believe in September we're going to start rounding a corner. And we're doing that. And I, I'm not doing all the hype advertising. We'll do some, but... I've done all that. I've planted churches before and grown them, and I've never felt this far behind in the natural. But in the spiritual, I know we're in God's timing and plan, and we're having some, some great results, some tremendous results. I, I can't even begin to share them, but we're running into people everywhere. Um, I'm wondering if my friend from the car wash yesterday is here. I just want to welcome you and say thank you. You pray for a guy named Dawson that I talked to for a half hour at the car wash yesterday, prayed over him. I like being down south. Can you? I prayed for two guys in a restaurant on the way down in South Carolina. Nobody cared. We just stood there praying, hugging, and uh, up north I'd probably be arrested with our administration at the helm in Maine. I do that anyway. I don't care. Arrest me. I've, I've never been in jail. I've been to jail when I was a police officer. But anyway, uh, I'm just grateful to be here. We, we feel so spoiled by your pastor and Kelly and Diane. and uh, We've offered her to come work on our farm. It's smaller. It'd be a lot easier. They won't let her leave. I, I'm afraid it's like a compound or some kind of cult or something. Uh, we've only got three goats and 12 chickens. And we're having a ball with that. We're getting a dozen eggs a day. I, I have a doctor's visit Wednesday, and I hope they don't tell me to cut back on my eggs. Because you've got to do something with them, you know. And we're just excited. We're on the side of a mountain there. It's a 600-foot gravel driveway, so when you get south, you have your car detailed at Fountain Car Wash. Uh, up there, it'd be $150. 30 bucks here, and they do a good job. But we love it down here. Love being here. Been coming down for years. So much has happened to my family in this room, in this sanctuary. Uh, about 15 years ago, uh, I preached a message, and the uh, whole family was here, and you guys all had us close our eyes. Was anybody here to remember that? And, uh, you know, I had just said, we're going to pledge 3500 to your mortgage. 
Our family's going to do that. And we did that this year. But I had no idea. Here I am saying, we're going to help you. And we stood across this stage as a family, my wife and three kids, and in comes uh, an SUV that you'd got for my wife back in about 2006 or seven. It was just huge, man. And the stuff you've done, not just things, but so many of you are Facebook friends and encourage us and pray for us. I am just so grateful. I'm not going to go much further because last time I didn't get to finish my other sermon because somebody preached too long. That was me because I feel at home here. Is it okay to feel at home here? Anyway, God bless you. We love being here. Pastor John is truly one of my best friends of my entire life. Uh, he's, I wish I'd known him sooner. I wish I'd met you when I first started because uh, he's really helped me. And, uh, you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. And that's such a truth. And he's been a great help to my whole family and very encouraging, and now really was the spearhead to get this church planted. We're some excited. We finally got two outdoor vertical flags like they have in front of a business, uh, and uh, that'll show them where we are because it's an eight-theater facility, and they keep moving us because of heat and air conditioning problems. So things are turning, and we're, we're grateful today, very grateful. Great to have my wife with me. She's, uh, we've been separated now for about three minutes since I came up here, but we'll be back together after church. Would you stand and wave? Most of my friends, when I travel and places that we go, if I don't bring he her, they don't even want to shake my hand. <laughs> so she's my trophy wife, and I got her when we were 18, and I, she still literally, literally makes my heart skip. So uh, she knows that, and I appreciate her. I appreciate her heart. She's walked through things with me. I'm already preaching right now. Are you ready? We're going to Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, we married at 18 back when we knew everything. She was from a solid, godly home with six kids. I was from a broken home, often unsupervised, very rebellious. I had a bad temper. I remember we missed, we liked to yard sale. We missed a yard sale sign and I drove past it and I was so mad I hit the windshield and broke the entire windshield. And that's the kind of guy she married. <laughs> Can you say, how has she gotten this far? Uh, today I want to talk to you about what I was, but I'm not. Think of your life today. Can you say with me, man, can you think, Lance and Beth? I, I was. How I got there, I don't know. It was only Jesus. I was. 
but I'm way over here now, Mike. I was. I know what I was. You know there's video of our lives that we wouldn't want to show anybody? I'm talking private moments. I'm talking magazine moments, internet moments. It's, is it okay? To, that's pretty raw stuff. I was. I remember what I was. I remember how I acted. But I'm not. And I'm not there yet. But I'm pressing towards the mark. And I'm here by his grace and his power and his strength. I was, but I'm not. This is good for old guys. Good thing I'm in top shape other than physically. You just witnessed the last time I used the front of the stage. That was a close second to the time I was preaching about five years ago in Mars Hill, Maine. I had a knee. They needed to do surgery. I was on crutches, and I'm preaching, and I went right off the front and landed on my feet. That was the biggest miracle I've ever seen at any tent crusade or anything. Anyway, can we just think about that? Think about your own life. I was, but I'm not. And, and, <laughs> I just thank God. You guys know my story. I don't have time for all of it, but my, fa- my grandfather, I never met him because he died as an alcoholic, shot himself, was frustrated that he'd lost his driver's license and couldn't provide for his family near the end of the Depression. My other grandfather, my mother's dad, had gone to a Sunday night church service at a little church in Woodland, Maine on the Canadian border, and he needed to repent. He needed to make his life right with God, but they told me that he stood around outside in the gravel driveway kind of shuffling his feet at Pastor Tom McCarty said, hey, uh, Clifton McCarty said, hey, uh, Wally, you need to come in and you know you're under conviction. You need to commit your life to Christ. And, and uh, he said, nah, I'm not really ready. The next morning he was scheduled to have a day off, but he was a foreman at the mill and he got called in to clean out some big underground tanks. And back then they used gasoline and there were no safety Uh, features on the lights. There were no explosive proof bulbs and an explosion went off and he left there with the flesh dropping off his body. He lived a couple of days. That pastor led him to Christ. He preached to the men that he was working with on his crew. He said, don't delay. I should have gone forward last night. Accept Jesus now. I still have his burned sweater and New Testament that was in his shirt pocket because my grandmother and mother saved it. And it's been a, a total reminder to me of where I could be and what I could have been. And that God took a little five-year-old boy, the son of an alcoholic, who had two grandfathers that were messed up. And and I was, (laughs) but I'm not. I've never drank to this day. And I'm not saying, oh, look at me. No, no, no. I'm saying, wait a minute. There's plenty of other stuff I'm not going to bring up. And we don't have to, thank God. You know what I'm saying? I was, but I'm not. Ephesians 1 says, I'm reading from the King James... Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, 
by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Verse 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Jump to chapter 2 verse 1. He, he chose us to be what? Holy and without blame before him in love. Chapter 2, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Can you say, I was, <laughs> but I'm not. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. And we were by nature, look at this, the children of wrath even as others. But God, can you say but God this morning? But God, oh hallelujah, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. He chose us, church. He picked us up. He seized us out of, as brands out of the fire. He touched us. We were dead in sins. He quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And he hath raised us up together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his glory, of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." But we are his workmanship, listen, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Have you ever taken full recognition of what you were and what you could have been? And how you, you certainly in the natural, sh we shouldn't be here today. We should not be on the course, on the path, on the highway that we're on. None of us have earned it. It's by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And when I think of that, that his grace, the light came on, and he grabbed a little boy and he kept me. And he's keeping me. And I'm not there yet, but I'm not back there. I'm not quite there. But I'm at least here, and I thank him that he's still working in Jesus' precious name. Number one, God has a plan. He desires to rescue us. He desires to change us. Sorry, I got a cough. <coughs> Keep an eye on me. I'm worked up, and I'm not sick, by the way. And if I go to hug you and you're not comfortable hugging I won't hug you. It's such a habit. I, I love to hug people. I love people. I love to talk to strangers. I got water too. Oh my goodness. 
That's open. That's not a sealed bottle. Do I trust it? There's my biggest test of faith of my life. The Bible says if you drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. It's about half empty. Pastor Wade, was that you that drank some? And Pastor, if we're going down, we're going down together. I'm ready. Amen. Listen. God desires to rescue us. He desires to change us. Now, he wants to forgive us of our sins. He wants to forgive us if we'll accept that. But he also wants to change us. We don't want to just go back like the dog to its own vomit, as Scripture says, or the sow, the pig that was washed to the mud again. Psalm 119, verse 50 says, Thy word hath quickened me. I was... (laughs) The Word hit my life, and now every day in my life, for years since a little boy, the Word has hit it, and His Word hath quickened me. His Word quickens me. I'm here today for no other reason than because of His Word. He's quickened me. He's changed me. I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'm not what I was. I was a mess, but not now. I'm walking for Jesus. My life is clear. My heart is clear. My mind is clear. I have the right spirit. I've given up bitterness. I've stopped rebelling. I'm just, here I am. Lead me, Jesus. Thy word hath quickened me. Psalm 119, verse 93 says, I'll never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast what? quicken me. Everybody's all out there deciding their gender and it's okay to say that. I don't want to get in trouble. We love everybody. I don't care if you think you're a Tootsie Roll or a a vanilla bean coffee. You know what I'm saying? I figured out when I was a kid, I was a boy. Didn't take me too long. And uh, anyway, (laughs) I know what I am. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and uh, anyway, I got, I'm trying to come off this, Pastor. It's just, it just boggles my mind that science is ignored. I, I know an unborn baby is a human, uh, things like that, and I know it from his word. His word, if we come to this altar and cry for hours, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, good, that's wonderful. But there has to be a change. My son's father-in-law, you remember Roy Chamberlain, he was high on drugs in a little Pentecostal church in Connecticut about 40 years ago. And he came forward. His wife had gotten saved. And he was on drugs. He was high as a kite. He came forward and he stayed there. It all sweat out of him. He accepted Christ. And he never, 40-some years later, he's never gone back. There was no... Come on, thank God. There was no program, not against programs or methods or getting isolated and getting around, getting away from it, building walls around yourself to get help. But God can do it in your life right at these altars. But don't just come up from after having asked Christ in and keep walking the way we've been walking. Come on. We're like the little kid that dad says, don't touch it. 
Don't touch it. Wham! And, and Scripture says, these times of their ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth men everywhere to repent. Repent doesn't mean, oh, sorry, honey, sorry, sorry, Lord, sorry, my friend. Repent means I'm going to change. I'm changing. I'm purposing to change. I may stumble occasionally, but I was, but I'm not. I'm not that. And I'm going to reverse it because poor Lance and Beth are going to think, that's the bad section. You were. No, no, no. Let's go from here. I was, <laughs> but I'm not. Whatever direction we're moving, he's changing us. He's making us trophies of his grace. Colossians 2.13 says, And you being dead in your sins, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ hath also suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Listen, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by his spirit. That's why when you would run to a habit... You can, anybody ever have any kind of habit that wasn't pleasing to God? Five people. Come on, help me out. I'm, try, I'm trying to hurry. Listen, any kind of habit that wasn't pleasing to God, and you no longer now, you, you don't think about it all the time because you're different. You don't even think about it. You don't think, oh boy. No, you don't. You've lost, come on, you've lost the taste for some things. He's changed your dreams and desires and plans, and he's changed you because that's what God does. we got to get here and admit, I'm a sinner. I can't fix myself. I can't change my habits, but I ask you in, Jesus. Forgive me, and now don't just forgive me. Change me. Yes, Lord. Yes. I don't want to be what I was. I, we, I told you we'd reverse it. Get ready. Lance and Beth, it's coming to you. I was, come on, but I'm not. By the way, that bass, I was sitting there thinking, I'm preaching some churches where just that bass will just slap a little while you're preaching. I, I, next time I want to do that. I'd love to get some gospel organ going. Listen, so your desire changes. I want to open this book. When I first started out, even in ministry, I prayed every day because I had to. And I still have to now to survive, but I want to. It's not like, oh, we got to have prayer. I watch your pastor and his kids and his wife. They flood to the living room every night because they want to pray together. They desire. And, and our life changes. Our whole life changes when Christ comes in. He, in John 5, 24, it says, we've passed from death unto life. Don't tell me that you can't change. I need to see some hands. Be honest. I need your help today. I know where I'm headed. How many of you did people write off as saying, he'll never get up again. He'll never change. And guess what happened? You were, but you're not now, baby. You asked him in and you said, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Okay, Lord. By the way, I just bought you guys a new mic system. Uh, you throw the keys to God. <laughs> no more controlling.
No more controlling. <laughs> no more trying to control my life, where I live, where I move, what I do. I'm just your vessel, God. Uh, here's the keys. <laughs> here's the keys, Jesus. Because only you can fix it. I've tried to get up a million times and stumble. And I look back now and see that I was, but I'm not. I'm headed somewhere in the name of Jesus. Listen, don't beat yourself up if you skin your knee or fall, but, but get up. Let him quicken you. Let him get you up. He rescued us, number two, with a purpose in mind. He didn't just save me to sit there until heaven. Oh, i got to hurry, but I, we don't have time, but read Romans 12 later. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And then when we think, wow, how many of you think that's a tall order? And then Paul says, which is your reasonable service? The least we can do is give ourselves to God. Because this book is so full of hope, it's drenched in hope. If we'll throw the keys to him, if we'll invite him in, and if we'll be willing to get up, cut off the old environment that was training us, you can't do the club every night and get free. I was working as a police officer years ago, midnight shift, and it was slow. You know, it's Maine. <laughs> anyway, and we're sitting there talking, having a coffee, cruiser to cruiser, still on duty. And I had a young guy say, Al, how did you get such a nice wife? His name was Paul. I said, Paul? He says, I can't find any good girls. I said, Paul, from what I hear in the break room and in the squad room during shift change, I hear you're going to like Sables, that was a club, and you're trying to meet these girls, and you, that you want that woman to be the mother of your child? You're not going to change. You're not going to change. He's a backslidden Assembly of God young man, a couple years younger than me. And one night we went into a gun call. This guy had already shot at the captain years before, and everybody lived. He's now out of jail again, and now he's shooting at the neighbor's dog while drunk. And as we're headed in, it was a Saturday night. I was pastoring. I had to preach the next morning. We're going, and I said, Paul, let me say, make sure you're right with God. I said, look, and if one of us doesn't come out of here, make sure you go to my church tomorrow. We confiscated about 20 guns, which is normal for those of us from Maine. Is that all right? Anyway, and we had to confiscate him because he was intoxicating and shooting at the neighbor's dog. And, and the next day, somebody said, what happened with the police last night? And he said, well, one cop almost bought it. They didn't know I had a 357 loaded under my pillow. And I was the guy that was watching him he and his wife in bed and talking to him about it's going to be okay, you know, and talking him down while they take all his guns out. I was the guy that almost bought it, which would have been graduation, by the way. Thank you for those amens. Anyway, you can't be around those wrong people. I told my officer friend, you're not going to get a wife out of Sable's Lounge. Now, if you got your wife or husband out of the lounge, thank God you was, but you ain't. Because you found Jesus. Don't get rid of them because of where you got them, because you know what? That's where they got you. 
Both of you come to Jesus. Both of you come to Jesus. I say both of you come to Jesus and the destiny of the whole family will change. I was, but I'm not. The power of God, it's the power of God unto salvation. It's the power to change me. It's the power to free me. It's the power to set me free. It's the power to just do whatever God wants to do. The Bible, you know, we all want to pray a sinner's prayer. Lord, forgive me. I don't deserve your forgiveness. Forgive me. Take me to heaven. Pray that. Pray it. Pray it with all your heart, not just like I did. Pray it with your heart. But then, listen to Luke 3, 8. Bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. If I come to you and say, I have dinner. I'm coming over and I'm bringing dinner. How many know I better be bringing some food? Come on. And if we're saying, I'm a Christian... We ought to be sharing our faith. Be ready to answer of any man that asks the faith that lies within thee. Share our faith. Share it in love. Begin to love people. I'm talking red, white, yellow, black. I'm talking just loving people. Looking beyond. Well, he's tall. She's short. Who cares? Come on. I'm talking let fruit come out where our, where our old friends, as we journey out, our old friends are saying, yeah, he'll be back, and yet you never come back to that. You never come back. Because you realize this might be your last call, like my grandfather, who was in that explosion the next day, and two days later passed away. Listen, listen, I believe he got saved. I know the pastor that led him to Christ, but there ought to be fruit if you believe, if you believe in Christ, the Bible says in John 14, verse 12, we ought to be doing greater works than he did. We ought to be, we ought to be serving him and doing something, something different. I'm bringing it to a close, but listen, last time I was here, I, I get too wound up here. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I love it here. I feel comfortable here. I go to some churches that it's like, you know, there's a freedom here. There's a freedom. You went to the altar during the singing. Uh, My eyes were closed, and I'm thinking, I I just want to go to the altar. I felt the same way. Then with you at the altar, I'm thinking, well, it'll look weird if I'm at the altar, you know. And that which is stupid. I miss my time at the altar. You know, anybody like that? Come on. Right, where, where's the sister that came down before Pastor John? She, let's just forget all that. I'm trying to think, well, I'm the guest speaker today. I shouldn't go down. They'll think I'm going down because he's down. None of that stuff matters, church. Come on. Get hungry enough to change. And I talked to you, and I'm closing from Genesis 26. Remember the sermon on Rehoboth, which was... God bringing us into wide places. Uh, I got you through all the tough times, and I never brought you to Rehoboth. And this ties into today's message. If we will let God do it, in a famine, Isaac kept tithing and giving. Anybody remember that from back in May when I was here? In a famine. Genesis 26. Read it again. I read it again this morning. Fresh stuff. Listen, he's in a famine. He said, I'm tithing. I'm coming. I'm bringing it in anyway. I'm bringing it in anyway. I'm giving. I'm tithing. I'm serving. I'm doing. I'm going to live for God. He brought it in anyway. And then the king got jealous and said, can you leave, please? Anybody remember that? Read Genesis 26 later. And so he left. 
and then he ran into this one tribe, I think it was the herdsman Agira, and he was restoring the old wells that his father Abraham had built. And he gets a well back for his family. Rather than fight the king, he was willing to move. How many know if you're changed, sometimes the way you deal with things is different? Well, if you were like, man, don't do that. No. And now it's like, okay, no problem, king. He goes, and now those herdsmen say, that's our well. We need it. Move. And instead of fighting it, he moved and went to another location, got that well going, and a second group of people said, that's ours. That's ours. Anybody ever gone through that? <laughs> While you're moving from what you were to where you're headed, and yet he did the right thing. In the third location, he called it Rehoboth, because God said, you've been following me. You've done the right things. I'm going to bring you into a place, a wide place, and he made a sacrifice to God. Some of you on your journey, you've struggled. I really believe some of you are going to make a fresh start today, and there'll be no more stumbling, tripping, getting rechained, getting free, getting reconnected, getting free. You're going to say, this is it. I told a guy in my church years ago, I said, Roland, you're struggling with smoking, and I told you one of these, he was embarrassed because pastor showed up, and he was working on my Jeep, by the way, which had a gas leak, and he saw me coming up the driveway and threw the cigarette under the Jeep, and I said, Roland, hey, save my Jeep, please. Don't be embarrassed. We all struggle with things. My, my, uh, my, I have other challenges, you know, like, uh, like Roro's that Diane makes. Where's Diane? Yeah, like... Uh, I begged you not to make those this time. Now I wish you had. But anyway, uh, what I'm saying is I told Roland, I said, one of these times you're going to get up and it'll be your last cigarette. Now, I mentioned cigarettes just for a point, but we have other issues. Come on. Anybody have any issues that you say, I, how can I even start over again? Today's your day to start over. You've got to believe I was, I was, I'm not there yet but I'm not what I was. And I'm asking Christ right now in Jesus' name to save me. I confess my sins and I am purposing when I get up to live differently to start hanging with a new crowd in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My friend here today, is my friend here anywhere from the car wash? Would you wave at me? Not here. Well, he didn't make it, but he's going to make it because I'm praying for him and people are praying. Would you come right now if this message reminded you, brush off, get under the blood, and put up some barriers to prevent you from going back where you were. Would you join me right now? Would you join me right now? Would you come right now? Everybody stand right now. Pastor's coming, but I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to have my wife pray for you. Pastor, pray for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I was, but I'm not. I was. The power of the gospel to change us. I was, but I'm not. It's not too late. Come on down. Make a start. Make this a point. 
the altar is here for a reason. Make it a place of a new launch. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Could I have a lady with each lady just come stand behind them? A guy with each person here. And we're not doing our prayer for them. We're agreeing that the eyes of our understanding would be opened and that we would have the courage and the character to walk out that which has already been done in our heart. If the Son has set you free, you're free. New person in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. So why would we walk in old things if God has made all things new? Maybe you're here today and you beat yourself up all the time for where you could be. And yes, there should be self-evaluation. But if you stop celebrating the grace of God that's operative in your life and where you've come from and what you've come out of, church family, would you look this way as we prepare to uh, close in just a moment? Um, before we leave we're going to take up a, a love offering for Al and Laura and their ministry but I really feel prompted to share this and I want you to let it go down in your soul the satanic maneuverings in the quote church in the west is so easy to spot with discernment God loves you like you are God loves you God loves you you ain't got to change God loves you like you are comma not period he loves you like you are and loves you too much to leave you like you are there there should be in all of us we're free from shame we're free from judgment but there ought to be where that verse says and such were some of you I was a fornicator I was a drunk I, I'm not, not acknowledging that but I'm what I'll preach I'm not that everything that Christ embraces lives it changes we're changed from glory to glory. It's not effort. It's union. Union with Jesus. Don't let the world tell you, well, I can just, you know, stay shacked up. I can, I can live out uh, sexually immoral. I can uh, love money. I can do all this. No, no. Such were some of us. But now we're washed. I've got a were that's very real to me. But I'm not today. Flawed? Oh, yes. Bound? Oh, no. Free. Free in Him. Do we thank Him still for that? Free. 
I was one of them lounge lizards. It's amazing if you, what I was talking about, shopping for your spouse or your mate, you know, you go to a Volkswagen dealership, it's amazing how many Volkswagens are on the lot. I'm smart like that. Go to Lexus dealership, my, there's a lot of Lexus here. And you go to Crystal Pistol and go, there's a lot of lounge lizards in here. I didn't know, you know, I just wanted to echo that, Al, you know. Uh, well, Brother Wood, the, the water is so deep. The pool is so shallow, I mean, in the church. You just can't find anybody. Oh, yeah, the ocean's full of fish. Yeah, but you, you, I, you might have to wade through shallow water, but don't just go where the water's deep because, you know. Well, I had a dream that I, I went fishing and I caught a fish. Well, it was a, a barracuda. You didn't know that, so be real careful. We were but we ain't. Can somebody say amen this morning? I'm going to ask you to do this on your way out. Just please remain standing. Uh, Al and Laura have asked for nothing. Uh, We support them monthly. And many of you are faithful in your giving. So if you want to give today, you know, there's people that support them monthly. Don't, don't feel the obligation, but there are those of us that you said, I, I'd like to help with the church plant. Uh, we are able now, our giving was supposed to be for six months. That was a commitment we've made. And we're going, how, far, how long is it now? Over a year with commitments through till almost the end of next year. And we just want to bless them with that. And so, amen. Would you do this on your way out today? If you're writing a check, make it to Christ Chapel and then just put Alan, Laura on the memo section and every nickel will go to them. We just, we want to bless them. Would you take a moment now to prepare to get ready for that giving and we're all going to come. If you're in the altar and you go, I got to go get my money. I got to go get my check. Would some of you guys, I'd like your pastor to pray for me. A couple of people here know, but I've been fighting some pancreatic issues. Frankly, it's a little scary, but I remind myself that I threw God the keys of my life. But it's like everything's going to be fine by the grace of God. But you know, she battled cancer a few years ago. We both got a bunch of tests. We can get it for like over two grand less in D.C. through a friend of ours that's a pastor's wife. Uh, that has, uh, she's got connections, she runs a doctor's office. So we got a a busy week with some tests and a scan. Uh, There were some, uh, I'll call it out, there were some pancreatic cysts and they keep at me, but they wanted like three grand. She can get it done for 750. We're all set, we're all covered. I'm just saying, I really appreciate prayer. If my wife would come, I'd like your pastor to pray for us for healing we got a lot more to accomplish, and we need it, and God's kept us. So if you don't mind, pray. Go down here out with it. If our elders would come, just surround Al and Laura. Church family, would you join us as we pray for them? Father, our prayer is simple, but our God is great. You said signs would follow those that believe in your name. 
they would lay hands on those that were sick and they would be well. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we lay hands on Al and Laura. May it be said in their body what he preached in the Spirit today. They were, but not anymore. May healing, the healing virtue of Jesus Christ, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all of our diseases, may it happen today, Lord, for the glory of God, we pray. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Church family, would you make your way now and let's do this final offering for Al and Laura and then you may be dismissed this morning.